Frustrated with toxic people, they can't see how much they hurt me. I just want this chaos to cease. Here's your host, Dr. Shayla, my source for how to live a life of peace. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity. Welcome back to another episode of the Toxic People Detox, the show that helps you find peace in the midst of toxic people. I'm your host, Dr. Shayla. This is episode three, toxic people versus difficult people. What's the difference? First of all, the term toxic people was coined by psychologist, Dr. Lillian Glass. And I believe this was sometime back in the nineties. So this term has been around for a while to the point where it's just part of our vernacular. On my blog, The Toxic People Detox, I actually use the words toxic people and difficult people interchangeably, although I do make a distinction. Toxic people are difficult, but not all difficult people are toxic. And being a difficult person, despite what other people might say, is not necessarily a bad thing because being difficult, like I said, doesn't necessarily make you toxic. Let me give you three examples. When I was a graduate student, I had a professor (laughs) who came up to me and said, I want you to go pick up my laundry. And without even thinking about it, I, I just said, no. And she looked aghast. I mean, she was livid. She said, what do you mean? No. When your professor tells you to do something, you need to go. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. If you tell me to go get a beaker or go get an Elemeyer flask, yes, I'll do that but I'm not going to get your laundry because you are blurring the lines between professionalism and your personal life. And yes, (laughs) it didn't go over too well. Oh, she was blowing smoke. She was not happy, but guess what? That conversation never came up again. She never asked me to do that again. Now, was I being toxic? No, but I was being difficult. Now the better word is assertive, but unfortunately assertiveness can be mis interpreted as rudeness. Now here's another example. I was a part of this church back in the day and their t- the topic of Sunday school came up or Bible study came up and they asked me a question. I said, Oh, I don't know. They said, Oh really? But you're on the list to teach. And then they say, oops. And they all started laughing. I said, excuse me, but I don't think this is funny. No one asked me to be a part of this. Now I'm flattered. You would want me to be a part of it. But if you want me to do something, ask me to do it. Don't volunteer me for something. Don't put my name on something behind my back and then expect me to follow through. And it stopped the whole conversation. They looked at me like they were shocked. Like, what? I thought you might go along with it. I said, well, then it wouldn't have hurt to ask me. You know, don't just assume. So again, even though they weren't too happy about that whole situation, Again, it never came up. They never did that again. From that point on, if they wanted me to do something, they asked me to do it. Okay. And then the third example was when I took my dog to the groomer. Now it was one of these chain pet stores. And so I dropped her off. And when I came to pick up my dog, she kept shaking her head. Like she had this nervous tick and that's not something she normally does. So I just happened to look at her ear very closely it had been cut. Her ear had been gashed. And then they said, Oh, have a nice day. I said, excuse me. You cut my dog's ear. What was going on that you couldn't be careful that you just put this big gash in her ear. Now they gave me a refund. Now I wasn't asking for a refund, but I am glad they gave it to me. But at the same time, I was not 
being very cooperative. In fact, I was being quite, I was being a difficult customer because I wasn't too happy, but again, I wasn't being toxic. Now as a professor, I currently teach at a school. It's, it's kind of small. It's like maybe 4,000 students, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less or something of that. In any given semester, I teach roughly 100 students, give or take. There are three semesters in a year, fall, spring, and summer. So roughly I can see 300 students in my classroom in any given year. And I've been teaching for five years. So roughly 1500 students. Now I've had some difficult students. <laughs> I had some very difficult students, but out of roughly 1500 that I've taught personally, only three of them I would ever consider to be toxic. And out of those three, I can kind of excuse two of them from a certain perspective. It's not, I wouldn't say toxic, maybe just kind of overstepping in the boundaries, but there was one that I am 100% certain that was toxic. Now in this situation, this person did something of all the toxic types of traits that I have to deal with. This is the one that gets my goat quicker than anything else. And that is gaslighting. Why? Because gaslighting is insidious. I've said in a previous episode that it's one thing to take a stick of dynamite and blow up a statue, but it's one thing to take a little chisel and a little mallet and just tap here, a little tap there, a little tap there, come back the next day, a little tap here, a little tap there. Over time, given enough taps, you will bring that statue down and you probably won't even notice it until it's too late. The problem with gaslighting is that it's designed to destroy you. It's designed to break you down from the inside out. It makes you question reality. And it's based on this play where a husband drove his wife crazy by, by he would take the sofa and maybe move it just slightly to the left, slightly to the right. He might take a picture frame and just slightly tilt it. And then the gaslight, he'll let the gaslight down little by little. And the wife thought she was going crazy. She said, wait a minute. I thought this, this sofa was facing this way. Now it's facing that way. And the husband said, oh, woman, you're crazy. You're just making this up. But that's what gaslighting did. And that's what this student tried to do to me. I knew something was wrong because I felt uncomfortable. My heart started racing. It's like my hair standing up on end. So basically I was picking up on something before I realized what was even going on because I was listening to my body language. So I picked up within the first three minutes of the conversation that this guy is gaslighting me. He would say something. And when I called him out on it, he would deny it as if, what, what are you talking about, professor? That's not what I said. And then I realized, and I said, okay, the conversation is over. And I walked away and he was shocked and he walked after me and he said, what do you mean the conversation's over? I said, yeah, this conversation's over. I think we're done here. And lest someone think that I was being paranoid and I'm making this up, he actually admitted that's what he was doing. He said, oh, you saw right through me or, or something to that effect. And I said, yeah, it wasn't hard. <laughs> and he said, yeah, you know, sometimes when professors make me angry, I kind of have to get back at them. And he said it so casually. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's just amazing right there. But when I encounter someone like that, the first thing I do, if I can't, is shut the conversation down because it's pointless to continue because they're just going to deny anything you tell them. And this brings me to the point of being polite. Many people are afraid of coming off as rude. They just want to be polite or they don't want to be a pest. Now, going back to that example with being with me being a grad student and me telling my professor that I'm not taking your clothes to the laundry. I said that in the most polite way possible. And I said, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. And I was being nice about it, but she still got angry. 
So I stop worrying about being polite. I still want to be respectful, but I need to get my point across that this thing you're telling me to do or whatever's going on is not okay. It's not okay that you cut my dog's ear and you're not going to take responsibility for it. It's not okay for you to put my name on a list and then expect me to follow through. Now in situations like that, I'm being assertive, even though I might come across as being difficult and in a way I am because I'm not going along with what you want me to do. So that's not toxicity right there. Okay. Here's what kind of broke me out of that need to be polite. Like I'm more concerned about being assertive than I am about being polite. That is, uh, I was over at my neighbor's house and then my dog heard me talking and she started barking and carrying on and she wanted me to let her out of the fence. And then I, I, I said, oh, I need to go across the street and let my dog go. And my neighbor said, look, Shayla, she'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> she said, look, Shayla, the dog will be okay. And then I thought about it. It was so simple. And I said, yeah, you're right. She will be okay. And so we continued to talk while the dog was in the background barking and carrying on and whatnot. And so I actually had the same approach when I deal with people that if something doesn't go their way and I have a disagreement, they'll be okay. Life will go on. The sun will continue to rise. Rain will continue to fall. And that's how I started learning how to deal with either a difficult or a toxic person. Now, the question is, what is that threshold between being toxic and being difficult? And there is a distinction. And that is toxic people. The reason for them being difficult is to try to undermine you or tear you down in any situation. Okay. When I was talking to my professor about not taking her laundry or not picking up her laundry, I was not trying to tear her down. I was not trying to be disrespectful. I was standing up for myself. I was standing up for my rights. I was being difficult, but not toxic. Now, if I were being toxic, here's how that conversation would have gone down. You know, professor, what, you don't have a good car or something like that, or you know, you're poor that you want me to do it. It's, it's like, I'm trying to undermine this person. I'm insulting this person and I'm trying to bring this person down or to try to make her feel bad or, or, or something like that. That's the toxicity it says, I'm trying to get back at you. You're doing something that I don't like. So I'm going to throw it back at you and I'm going to try to bring you down with me. That's the toxicity. Now, unfortunately we've all done that at some point in our lives. So toxic people do things with the intention of undermining or tearing you down. Whereas difficult people could just that they're just standing up for themselves. They're not trying to tear you down. When I told those people, you're not going to put me on this list and then expect me to follow through. I wasn't trying to undermine them despite what they might think. I was just saying, no, respect my time, be respectful. Okay. Cause I don't do that to you. So regardless of whether you're dealing with a toxic person or a difficult person, the key is to look beyond the surface and look at what's really going on. Now I can't say with any degree of certainty why someone acts the way they do because the a parent might've gotten on them when they were a child and they're harboring something, or maybe it was a girlfriend or a boyfriend. I don't know what's going on with them, but I can pick up on patterns with difficult people. They want to be understood for the most part. You're dealing with a difficult person, that person standing up for his or her rights. You know, when I deal with students, they can be difficult, but they think they're doing the right thing. They're not doing it to undermine me per se versus that toxic student. That person was trying to undermine me that, and like I said, he even admitted that's what he was doing, which again, to this day, I still find so interesting. But if you're dealing with toxic people, they're not tr looking to be understood so much. In fact, I think the problem with them is they're afraid you will understand them. So they're hiding, they're trying to hide the hurt. And so they're lashing out. 
toxic people lash out, they want to bring you down. They're in a bad place and they want to bring you down with them. Whereas difficult people probably just want to be understood. So I wanted to keep this one relatively short because this is the end of the four start here videos where in video one, I talked about the toxic people detox, what it is, what it isn't, who it's for, who it's not for. Well, actually video one is actually episode zero. So that's how I numbered it. Even though that's technically the first episode is episode zero. The second episode is actually episode zero, zero one. And that is my story. I just told you a little bit about my background, how uh, some of the toxic people that I dealt with and how pretty much I got to this point where I am. In episode three, I talked about the characteristics of an awesome life. Now dealing with toxic people, one of the problems, I've said this before, that it's not a holier than thou. My so-called avatar toxic person is a person called Margaret. She represents the toxic people that I've dealt with and she represents the toxic people in general. However, my interactions with Margaret, I gained over 100 pounds and I had talked about this before. My blood pressure was 200 over 100. My blood sugar was 455. In the end, I cannot blame Margaret for that. Even though, yes, she had a part to play, but the problem was how I responded to her. And that's why I had the issues I have even to this day. And talking about the characteristics of an awesome life, when I talk about things like the intellectual, the spiritual, the emotional, the financial, the social, the occupational, everything just came crashing down around me. It's just amazing. Dealing with toxic people or even dealing with difficult people is not so much trying to put one over on them. It's not trying to one up them. It's really about trying to protect yourself and dealing with things the proper way. My problem was it, the emotions I was feeling, it, I was being a human being. However, I didn't channel those emotions properly. And that's what the problem was. And so with this episode, toxic people versus difficult people to recap what I said, Toxic people are more about trying to tear you down. It's the intention. They're in a bad place and they will bring you down with them if they can. Whereas a difficult person, that's not necessarily what they're trying to do. They're more about wanting to be understood or there's a perceived wrong that they want righted. And so of course they're going to be difficult or they're going to stand firm. Sometimes it's not so much difficulty. It's just being assertive. And the key is for us to understand the difference. So with that, in the end of my four part series, I will continue my toxic people detox podcast. I plan on uploading at least two times a week, if not three. In the meantime, you can visit my blog, www.thetoxicpeopledetox.com. I have a free ebook. It's called Put It In Writing, Email Scripts for Dealing With Difficult People and Toxic Situations. Basically it's 10 email scripts for a situation, let's say somebody said something to you in, behind closed doors and in public they said something entirely different. That was pretty much my whole experience with Margaret. So if a person does that, how do you respond to that? Another script is if someone takes credit for your ideas, you came up with this thing, it's brilliant, but someone else took credit for you. How do you deal with that? So that's what these email scripts are about. You've been listening to these episodes, you like them, subscribe, leave a review and go to my website. So thank you for listening and let me know how this show is impacting you. Take care. Go to the toxic people detox.com. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity.